Welcome to Talking League's Wacky Wednesday for Round 13. Proudly brought to you by Game Best Squad. Create, coach, compete in fantasy footy. Be the coach and win. Download the app and play now. Hi folks, Jason back here in the host chair wearing jersey number 23 is in. He was a late scratching, but have no fear, we've got another episode of Wacky Wednesday for you as we roll into the first major Byron, which of course is Round 13. Plenty of consistency in the team list this week. I am joined by both Sean and Rylan. Sean, mate, how are you travelling? You must be uh, very excited to... Uh, rip into these buys yeah yeah a bit of bit of bike planning certainly hasn't helped i think next year i'll just start from round 11 and go from there but <laughs> looking to see where the carnage leads in the next couple of rounds yeah it's going to be very interesting roles are you as enthusiastic as sean about these upcoming major buy rounds yeah well when i reopened the app tuesday of uh robo i had a little bit of a shock there i went from having 11 for this week all the way down to six. So max trades this week and hopefully send it and become fantasy relevant. Fingers crossed. Well, we'll have a quick chat about our around 13 plans in terms of trades and what our squads will look like. But of course, folks, Wacky Wednesday involves buy, hold, sell, avoid, overs, unders, a little bit of rapid bounce, and of course, your questions and answers at the end. So lads, round 13, first major buy round, just the 10 teams playing and no origin plays available. Let's go through and have a bit of a vibe check in terms of round 13. Sean, who are you looking to trade? And after you do your trades, what does your 13 look like for round 13? Yeah, so this week I'm looking to move Cleary to Mitch Moses. I'll be getting rid of Miller and bringing in Ponga and then getting rid of Madison to bring in Hopgood. And that'll give me 13 with Marshall King, Hopgood, DeBellin, Horsburgh, Devils back row of Host and Lukey, Johnson, Moses, Bird, Lemuelu, Drinkwater, Tani Mild, and Ponga. Very, very nice. And yeah, look, that edge back row may not be too outstanding, but to be honest, getting an edge back row this week is very, very difficult if you need to trade one in. So who knows, maybe one or both of them will go for a try. Now, Riley, you said there that you may not get to 13, but what are your trades looking like and what will your active players look like for round 13? Fully sending it this week, Robbo, with four trades. I've only got three locked in at the moment, uh, with Cheese to Toe Harris, Lockie Miller to KP, and Matto also to JB, JDB. Sorry, I'm looking to get Drinky in as well, and just looking uh, for my path to him. So currently uh, for this week, I've got Robbo, Robbo starting at hooker, Sale JDB with the captaincy tag, and Harris in the uh, mids. Lukey and Host on the edge, Dillbags and Isaiah Katoa as my halves, Jack Bird as the sole centre, and KP as the lone wing fullback. So currently uh, short a couple of players and looking to uh, have 11 uh, for this week. Yeah, not too bad. And like, let's be honest, it's something we'll get to with the questions later on. Having three winger fullbacks this week isn't necessary, particularly if you can't get the right options. So, yeah, look, it might be lonely for your one winger fullback there, but hey, as long as they put in a good score, you should be right. So in terms of my team this week, I was looking at going uh, max chickens and using four trades, but I think I'm just going to do the three. I am going to follow the boys from Tuesday and move Miller on for Ponga. Fortunately, Jane Sewer, who I brought in two weeks ago, he's got to go with that knee slash hamstring issue. I'm not waiting to see what the fallout is from that because essentially missing round 13 means he has three buys in the major buy rounds. Going a little bit left of field, I'm going to trade him out to Corey Harariranaira, which is an incredibly risky trade, I know, and maybe not something I'd recommend to all coaches out there. But what I like from him at 495k is he'll play around 13, round 14, 
Well, Elliot Whitehead is out for four to six weeks, which is the crucial piece of information that has caused me to go this way. But Hudson Young's probably not going to back up on that Friday night. That's less than 48 hours after the first game in Adelaide. Hopefully he'll get a game in round 15, of course, with Whitehead out. And at round 16, if he's not doing any good, I can move him back out. And again, cashing out there enables me then to move Cheese on for Jermaine Hopgood, who I think is very, very important to have as an edge for this this major buy round. And then around 16, you can flip him up to the mids and then bring in two gun edges for round 16. So hopefully just the three trades, a bit of cash in the bank, and it enables me to be a bit agile for round 14 as I currently only have 17 green dots, assuming my origin players back up. But, all right, we'll move into buy, hold, sell, and avoid. I'm going to start with our buyers, Sean. Now, we're going to head to Combat Stadium, and it's one of those slippery-dippery eels that is your buy of the round. Yeah, I'm going with the flat-track bully, Mitch Moses, this week. But coaches have Cleary and Hines. I think it's a good time to move at least one of them, and more than likely Hines is a miss four weeks. Moses is a good trade down. He'll bank you about 180K as a really good way being so expensive to get Hines in the back end of the year as well. But over this buy period, um, he actually has four games at home in the next six games, so he should dominate in Combank. And he has an average of 60.6 so far this year. He should see a fairly significant price rise up to around 900 if he's able to continue that. And then come round 21, you can move him on to Hines at the back end of the year. Yeah, it's a very solid option there. And like you said, a lot of coaches are going to be in that dilemma of Hines, Cleary, what do they do? Moses, yep, look, got the buy around 14, but he's going to be awesome and a great captaincy option for this week. Now, Riley, it's a player we've spoken about a lot over the last few weeks as your buy of the round. And I believe he's not only a captaincy option for fantasy coaches, but a captain of a team this week. Yeah, he's also the captain of my team this week, Robbo. And talking about JDB here, price at 820k, the B of 36 this week. He's been an incredible mid-range pickup for coaches since round seven when he has secured a big minute roll at prop and lock. He's averaged 68 fantasy points in 76 minutes over this period and is still underpriced. So again, there is value in that trade. The concern last week, though, with a new coach was would his role change, but he did play the full 80 minutes through the middle. In this big role, this is where it's huge. He averages 55 fantasy points in net tackles and run meters, so he's got a great floor. Statistically, he does have attacking upside as well. Looking into, uh, sorry, he looks as though he's fallen down New South Wales pecking order a little bit. He was sort of on the verge of origin, but it looks like TPJ's uh, someone who's slipped ahead of him. Potentially a captaincy option, like I said this week, with the highest floor. Average is 68 in a big minute role. He's an end of season keeper, which is why I've worn him over Hopgood this week. I don't think Hopgood has is going to be uh, have that value come the end of the season. If you don't already have him, start a bad boy mid-strategy and pick up JDB this week. Yeah, it's a good shout, as he doesn't have his second buy until round 16. And like you said, plays the first game of the round. So best part about that is, is you can have him as your captain and you can have another player from that game as your VC and then you don't have to worry about uh, players being locked out if you need to reverse trades later in the round. My player for buy of the round isn't part of the bad boy mid-strategy, is part of the good boy mid-strategy, and that's Tohu Harris. He was my avoid last week, and the main reason for that is, of course, he had the buy, and we don't want to buy players on a buy because, as we saw with Alan Stafade, can blow up in your face. But Tohu Harris, 671k, is an absolute steal for a player that's averaged 63.8 when he's played the 80 minutes this year. That's probably at least 10 points of value there. 
New Zealand Warriors have the ability to play in round 13, 14, 17, 19, which is very, very handy going through these major and minor buy rounds. With Harris, 671k, it's going to be in the budget of anyone who's looking for a mid this round. And yes, he's got concerns with that knee injury, but when he's priced at such a low price, it's worth taking that risk because, hey, if he doesn't pay off, gets re-injured, you can always move him one in round 16. So if you haven't got two Harris, you've got a gap in your mids and you need a budget-friendly option, he's going to be your man. All right, that's the buys done for this week. Let's roll into the holds. And Sean, yours is an incredibly controversial one. I believe it's someone from the Newcastle Knights. Yeah, this week I'll be holding Tyson Frizzell. It's probably not ideal him getting named Origin, and I'm sure that a heap of coaches in the same boat where we picked him up and didn't expect him to get to this point. But if you have two edges playing this week already, he's a fine hold. He has a buy next week, which we were all prepared for. More than likely we'll play round 15, and as a Queenslander, I'm hoping New South Wales gets smacked. Frizzell seems like the first person to drop off that team if it is the case, and you might still have him there for 16, 17, and they finish their buys by round 19. And with a 56.6 average when playing over 50, he's a great option running into the back end of the year with no buy. Yeah, it's a fair share. Like you said, if coaches are prepared for round 13 in the edge department, you can't afford to hold him and see what happens in round 15. And the beauty of that buy in round 14 is he's not going to get a reduced minutes game there. So you've got the ability to sort of hold into to round 16 and see whether he makes the team. Of course, origin result pending. Riley, your hold of the week is another origin player, but he plays for Queensland. Yeah, Robbo, that's it. I'm holding, looking at holding Walshie this week, priced at 627k. Slightly contentious call, but it's based on his role, not stats. So I'm putting Walshie in the whole category due to wing fullback being such a volatile position to start the season. The Broncos buy schedule and Miller being dropped back to the Knights bench. You've got Traylon Edwards, who appear to be two of the three keeper wing fullbacks this season. Teddy did bounce back last week, though, but Walshie is currently averaging 48 points per game in 2023. Walshie has a Saturday, Sunday, and a Saturday backup from State of Origin. As a rookie, though, Kevy may elect to rest him, but he does give the Broncos so much in attack, and with the top of the table being so tight, I do think he will uh, look to back up, even though it may be reduced minutes. With buys in 16 and 19, Walshie may miss one of the next six Broncos games, providing he does back up from games 1, 2, and 3. Coaches of Miller or Ponga will need to have adequate cover for next week also. That is something to keep in mind. If he is rested next week, though, you could look to go sideways to someone like Dylan Edwards. Yeah, it's a fair shout. And obviously to uh, keep with the narrative here at Talking League about being massive eyeliner fans, we don't want to be saying he's a raging seller, otherwise TK might give us a, uh, a stern talking to. A player he probably won't give me a stern talking to is holding Hame Sele, who is my hold of the week. Now, full disclosure, South Sydney fan. Uh, so there's not so much bias with this one. I think with Hame Sele, if you've held him and you purchased him in the low 300s or the high 200s, he's just ticked over 400, so he's got you nearly 100, 120k, which isn't bad going for a slow burn cash cow. I think if you've got three mids, and he's one of them, you just need to cop that this week and then reevaluate in the coming weeks as to whether you want to sell him or not. I mean, I probably could have gone from a name-based pun there, but I've decided not to. The thing with Sele is this middle pack is a bit how you're going, I would say, and that's being polite in the sense that Arrow and Murray are out and there's a lot of rotation going in and around that side. I think he'll get at least 45 to 50 minutes this week. If he goes at a PPM of 0.8, he's going to get that mid 
mid-high 30s. And look, that's not an awful awful score for a player that you don't have to trade in. So this week, hold on to Hamesele, and we'll re-evaluate re- sorry, over the next couple of weeks as to whether we want to hold him uh, close to that round 16 buy, which by then will have all uh, departed from Sele. Moving from Sele to our cells, going back to Combat Stadium again for this one, Sean. Who are you looking to sell? It's a pretty simple one this week in the cell department. It's Ryan Madison. He's at 756k, break even to 68, and the reports from Manuel Physio, he'll be out for at least four weeks with his calf strain. For coaches that don't have Hopgood, he's an easy trade down. You do actually bank a little bit of cash and get a better option there uh, with some DPP. And even the last couple of weeks when Maddo was playing, he's got a better PPM, but he's getting around 50 min- minutes per game, which isn't ideal for someone who we expected to get around those 60-minute marks this year. Yeah, it's a, it's a fair shout. And uh, like you said, I think the team morale of your fantasy team will go up if you're trading out a player that would rather take the three-week suspension than the fine. A player that wouldn't be that cheap because he went to JPC is your sell of the week, Riley. Yeah, that's it, Rob. I'm going Lockie Miller this week. Priced at 553k with a B of 60. He's a huge sell in my eyes being named on the bench this week and with Ponga taking back over at fullback. He's not had a try or a try assist in his last six appearances. And TK's stat on Miller with and without Pong was absolutely staggering with a 24-point turnaround there. The big factor here is Ponga's dominance on the left-side attack, with Miller uh, coincidentally averaging 57 less run metres, 0.6 less tackle busts, and a total of 1.9 less tries. A total, 1.9 less tries, try assists, line breaks, or line break assists per game. Even as a round 13 number, you can't take the price drop this week. And if you're someone like myself who's going full BDE and send, sending Millet to Ponga this week, has a potential to be a trade of worth 70k. Certainly does. I mean, he's hoping Callum Ponga stays fit. But even if he doesn't, Miller just unfortunately isn't a prospect that we can hold on to anymore, which you know, it's a shame because about five, six weeks ago, he looked like a keeper wing of fullback. A player who could be a keeper this year, but you do need to sign this week, is Hudson Young. Unfortunately, a lot of coaches jumped on when he fell into the low 600s or the mid 600s earlier in the season due to a slow start. But with that Origin team featuring him in the starting position, it makes it very difficult for coaches to hold him because if we look at the next four rounds, it's a small segment of the season, rounds 13 to 16. He's unavailable for round 13 due to being in Origin camp. Round 14, they play on Friday night, the first game of the round. Very unlikely to back up for that. Or if he does, unlikely to play 80 minutes. He'll be able to play in round 15, and then the Raiders got the buy in round 16. So even if he gets dropped for game two, he's going to be unavailable. And realistically, probably only play one of the next four games. 740k, you get plenty of bang for your bucks. So if you want to go you know, almost straight swap to the likes of Hopgood, you've got that ability. Or if you can go to another position, it's not going to be too hard for you to find a suitable replacement. So... Hudson Young owners, it's time to say goodbye and enjoy the cash riders that you achieved over the last few weeks. Sean's got a penchant for Parramatta Eels players because he's avoided of the week as also an eel. Yeah, I thought I'd honor Andy a bit seeing how he hasn't been here the last few weeks. We're going with Parra. <laughs> but I'm going with Joe Offenhand-Gowie as my avoid. He's actually this year pumped up his PPM a fair bit to 0.88, but he does have a break-even at 38 this week. I'd just like to see how many minutes he gets in the Eels pack before I look to buy him. 
if he gets around that 50, he should get close to a, a 40, 42, and it would definitely have a bit of money to make. But I just want to give him at least one date, see how he rotates that Eels pack, and then come round 15, see how close RCG is before looking to pick him up. Yeah, that's good, solid, pragmatic advice there. There's no point going early on him. It's something I think a lot of coaches have learned this year, that when a player dips close to their lowest price of the season, sometimes it's just worth being late by one or two weeks to work out that that player is worth getting because he's going to bounce back. And Offhand Gowie could easily end up being you know, a high 30s player that you spend basically that to get him in, and then you're sort of stuck at round 18 trying to trade him back out. Now, Riley, your avoid of the week. Uh, geez, you must have the Coffs Coast boys on your dartboard because it's a warrior returning this week that is your avoid for round 13. Yeah, I'm going to answer Shooter's question here, Robbo, and say yes, it is potentially a big risk to bring in Metcalf this week for someone like Burbo. I see him as a definite watch. TK did a great job covering him last night in the TLT pod, I thought. Would be great to see him put in a strong performance this weekend. Currently, over, currently only having 40 minutes under his belt in reserve grade and the NRL physio previously stating that hemi injuries are most likely to be, to be re-aggravated in the first two weeks. He appears to have a very fantasy-relevant game, though, Metcalf, averaging 47.5 points in 53.5 minutes when starting at 5'8". His job security, though, is questionable, with TMM due back in round 15. And the likes of Isaiah Katoa being a cheaper half-option coach to running, with a gun such as SJ, Mosel, Dylan Brown, Trading Metcalf in means player wastage this week. He would be more appealing, though, if he did have the half-wing fullback duel. Yeah, he would be. Unfortunately, he doesn't have it, which I thought he was a bit stiff not to get it at the start of the year, but such is life. And yeah, speaking of NRL physio, he did mention when Metcalf initially did his hamstring that when he got his ACL reconstructed, he actually used his own hamstring, which apparently isn't a great deal for uh, yeah, ongoing hamstring Injuries, so just something to keep in mind that if you do want to jump on, that hey, could be Burbo Mark II, unfortunately, for a cheapie. My avoid of the week is a player that might consider himself unlucky not to make the blue side, and that's Helmoli Olakowatu. I did create a player focus video for him at the start of the season, and I did say have a look at him at round eight to nine, see where he's at, and he probably just hasn't done enough to warrant a buy at this stage. Now, my main concern with Olakowatu isn't that he won't average 50 to 53 this year. My main concern is, is that next round he plays, uh, sorry, he doesn't play because he's got a buy. And a lot of us are dealing with, say, two to three origin plays that we're hoping will back up, as well as you know one of Moses or Brown, a Hopgood, and potentially a cheapie such as a KO Weeks or Samuel Ufainu, more on him later. We don't really want to be adding to that complement of players that we probably don't see as being absolute nailed-on keepers. So Olakowatu is tempting in that 683k price tag, but I think you can probably do better by either leaving on the edge spots vacant this round or finding a cheaper or more expensive option. That wraps up the buy, hold, sell, avoid for round 13. Just before we jump into some overs and unders, a reminder that we also provide written content on our website, talkingleaguepot.com. So this week I did two editions of the Mercado Part 1. I go through all the origin plays and what that means for your fantasy team and how you should react to each of those situations. And Part 2, I go through every position and have a look at the main protagonists that you might be looking to purchase for this round. So 3,500 words across those two articles. So if you are struggling with insomnia, you can jump onto talkingleaguepod.com for those articles. 
Have a read of those, and of course, if you've got any questions in relation to those, hit us up in the DMs, and we'll go through it with you in further detail. Now, boys, bit of overs-unders. We're going to go for five players, one from each game, and uh, look, you know, I know Andy wasn't the best at grading these overs-and-unders, but I think I've done a pretty good job. Hopefully, we've got a couple of two-ones here. We'll start with Thursday. Of course, going up to Redcliffe, I will be personally to watch this man, who's also on my fantasy team. His name's Jeremy Marshall King. Got his overs under set basically at his average, 52.5. Where's he going, Riley? Jeremy Marshall King, he's definitely been a great bring-in for coaches, Robbo. I think uh, this week uh, on the bye, just looking at his average now, tries to load, breaking it. Break even of 56 this week against the Dragons. I do think uh, plenty of work through the middle of the field, and he will lay on a try assist and go over. Fair shout. Do you agree with that, Sean? Yeah, I think he'll go over as well. Without Nicarima on the bench, not that he wasn't playing 80, I think it kind of solidifies that he'll get those 80 minutes. The Dragons do have a weaker pack, and I think Ray Stone will really help getting forward a bit with some quick play of the balls for Marshall King to move forward. Yeah, that's a fair shout. I have also got him over, and maybe it's slightly biased because I'll actually be watching him, so I'm expecting him to do a big performance. Uh, he did, in the last Redcliffe game, get Simbin with a hip drop and missed two weeks, so hopefully he doesn't do that. But I think he'll just go over a nice sort of mid-high 50s, like a 56, 57. It'll be very nice for owners. Our next player from the game on Friday at Combank Stadium is none other than Reese Robson. I'm surprised that my over and under is set at 51.5, but I think it's pretty close to the mark, Sean. Would you see him going over or under 51.5? I think he's going to go under. A couple of those big paraboys might really give him some problems around his missed tackles, and losing a couple of um, the Cowboys' better mids may struggle to help him generate some play-the-ball speed and get going forward. Yep, fair shout. And what do you think, Riley? Is he going over or under 51.5? I think he's going to go over this week, Robbo. Shawnee did touch on the paramiddles there. I think that opens up more attacking opportunities for him, though. Although it does look like the Cowboys might be doing a fair bit of defence, uh, the back end of the season potentially isn't the best sign with Robbo's missed tackle counts the last couple of weeks. I do expect him to go over, though. Yeah, fair shout. I've got him going under, just under. I think he'll be high 40s. My concern is Parramatta, as they showed last week against South, like they were incredible. It was a great performance by them. They're so good at retaining the ball and completing. And when they do that, that's going to make Robson make 50 to 55 tackles. And naturally, with that fatigue, they haven't had a buy yet this season. I could easily see him missing another six or seven. Like the last three weeks, he's missed six, nine, and six. Maybe not in that order, but he's Missed 21 tackles in the last three weeks. I wouldn't be surprised to see him keep that average of seven up. So I think he'll be just under. He'll be very busy, but it'll be a high 40s and slightly under. A player that we've spoken about already, he was my buy of the week. It's Tohu Harris. He's over and under, set 61.5. Which way are we leaning, Ryan? I'm going under, Robbo, because I'm bringing him in this week and he's probably going to do his MCL. Oh no, hopefully not Hopefully we're going to break the curse Shorty, what do you reckon for Tohu Harris, 61 and a half? I think you'll go over I think you'll get around to 65 Get a fair bit of good base And hopefully chuck in an attacking stat here or there Yeah, no, I agree as well I reckon he might actually get a try And I don't bet But hey, look, maybe it's the time to chuck him in your same game multi Or something like that I think he's got a try on him in the next couple of weeks So Tohu Harris is going to shoot over for high 60s I'm saying that as someone who doesn't own him and isn't buying him. He will go Play that up. Yeah. Oh, look, I hope so too. I, like, like, we talk about good process in NRL fantasy, and I think buying a player like him after he's just had a buy 
and clearly has shown that value when he's played 80 minutes. Um, you know, you'd just be very unlucky if he didn't do that this week. Damien Cook is our next one uh, from the, the Sunday games. His overs and unders are set pretty close to his average. He hit 53.5. Now, Sean, with no quick to play the balls from Cam Murray, which he hasn't really had all season anyway because Murray just passes the ball, is he going over or under? I think he's going to go under. I think he's really going to struggle over Origin without some of the better players for South Sydney. The Raiders pack's been really good, and just looking the way they line up, it'll be a lot more compressed with Horsburgh and CHN there. So it mightn't be as much room to move that Cook already didn't have. Fair shout. And uh, Riley, is Cook going over? I'm at 53.5. He might go over this week, Robbo. Just looking at Cook's scoring over the last couple of weeks, it's predominantly through tackles. Without Murray there, though, I think he actually might have more of an inclination to get out of half. Sorry, even though the play of the balls mightn't be as quick, he might get out and uh, start the scheme. And instead of having that ball playing lock in the middle of the field, he might look to go to Ilias or uh, Cody Walker as first receiver. Yep, yeah, that's that's a fair shout. I think he'll personally go under. I still expect him to get like a 49-50-51. So if you're bringing him in this week, uh, no issues there. I just, like he's been this season, his attacking stats have been down, but the base has been there, and I think that'll continue. So anyone looking to buy Cook that... Doesn't think he'll play game three, so therefore he'll be available in round 19. I wouldn't be worried at all about him. The last player who plays in the last game, this is probably the hardest over under the set because there's so many variables. There's, of course, none other than Newcastle's Kalen Ponga. I've set his overs under at 37.5. Riley, is he going over or under 37.5? I'm going to back him to go over, Robbo. I think back at fullback for the Knights, he does have a good track record there averaging close to 50 so he has shown good form out in that left edge playing at 5-8 as well I do think he will go over this week and reward those coaches that do pick him up Fair shout, now Sean is he going to make it through the 80 and more importantly is he going over 37.5 Listening to the boys last night they've really talked me into bringing in Ponga and I'm kind of getting on the <laughs> narrative that he's going to turn up I'm, I'm very close to making him my captain this week as well so yeah definitely over 37.5 Jeez, captaining a player that you're trading in who plays in the last game of the round, that would be serious BDE. That would give me uh, heart palpitations if I did it, but hey, if you do it, credit to you. Now, before we jump into some rapid bounce, just a reminder of our friends at James, Australia's first AI investing application for shares and ETF. Learn more at jamesapp.com. So James is J-A-A-I-M-S app.com. In the coming weeks, we will have eight tickets to a fully catered event at a Roosters vs Storm game in round 20 at the Sydney Cricket Ground to give away courtesy of James. So stay in touch on the socials to win and come and join TK, Andy, Corby and Pat at a game. I believe Corby might actually be a late scratching now, but a couple of posts already out on Facebook, so jump on those, get involved in the comments section to get your entry chances increased to win those tickets. And of course, with those tickets, it's just tickets to the match, uh, any accommodation and other logistics uh, won't be included in that ticket. And, of course, the tickets are not resellable. So, again, big thanks to our friends at James for making those tickets available for some of our lucky listeners. Right, our boys, rapid bounce time. And we're going to put the rapid in rapid bounce this week. Let's keep it to one, two, or three-word responses for our player options. First one, winger fullbacks. Kalen Ponga versus C&K, Shanzig or Klukstar. Which way are we going, Riley? Ponga because he's got more value. Love it. Sean? KP, tons up. <laughs> yep, let's make it 3-0. KP, BDE, let's do it. 
All right, next one. This is a pretty tricky one. I didn't think I'd ever be asking these two players for round 13 as you know, potential guns at winger fullback, but it's Jermaine Asako versus Greg Marshu. Where are we going, Sean? Oh, that is a tough one. Greg Marshu, more opportunities, but more tackle breaks. And Riley? Back the Knights here. Robbo, Marju playing on the left with Ponga. Fair shot. I'm going to go with Sarko purely because goal kicking is part of his base and the Dolphins score to tries. Our last one, this is a bit iffy. Tavita Zatola or Tuafofa Sipley. Which way are we going, Riley? I'm going to give Rowie a shout out here, Robbo, and go Toff Sipley all the way. You sure? I think I might push on this one. They'll be very, very close. Fair shout. I'm going to go with Rowie and Riley as well and go to Sipley. He's shown he can go at a PPM, loves an offload, loves a tackle bust. I don't mind him as a pickup this week, but it's just that round 14 bye. But round 15, jump on to Sipley. All right, lads, questions and answers, and we've got plenty of good questions here. Look, if we don't get to your question in this section, of course, we'll jump on the socials and give you an answer tomorrow. It's a question we're going to go around the grounds on uh, from Jake Hazard. And he asks, can we keep both Hines and Cleary through origin and buys? What's your take on this, Riley? Because I believe this is a problem that you have. Yeah, it is a problem that I do have, Robbo. And I'm going to say you can. You've just got to be very strategic about it. Potentially does mean, though, I can't hold both Haas and Walsh. So I would have to look to move one of them on this week. And what's your take on that situation, Sean? I don't think you can. You need nearly four halves at some point during round 13 to 20, and that's far too many trades to make. You're better off moving one now to someone that's a little bit pricey in the way of Moses or Johnson, so you can move them back to get Hines or Cleary in round 21. Yeah, I agree with you, Sean, in the sense that if you have both of them, I think it's Hines that probably needs to go. It's that round 17 buy that concerns me because I imagine he's going to stay in the fold for Origin 2, so he'll miss 16, which the Sharks play. Moving all the way forward to round 20, they've got a trip away to Auckland to play the Warriors. It might be a Saturday or Sunday, but realistically, after a series, whether they win or lose, both teams usually get on the beers and have a good time. Uh, you know, There's a chance that the Sharks just go, look, stay at home for this one. We're still in the top four or there or thereabouts. Uh, have that week off. We'll let uh, Trindle run around and dominate the Warriors and come back round 21. So if you've got both, I think Hines is probably the one I would move, even though he's slightly cheaper than Cleary at the moment, which no one would have picked. Next one from a friend of the show, uh, Tony Martin, and he wants to know from all of us, what's the best half to get out of SJ, Moses, and Dillbags this week? Where would you go, Sean? I believe I know your answer, but I'll let you confirm it. Yeah, definitely Mitch Moses this week. Not just for this week, but going forward, he has four of his next six at home. The Eels are really starting to shape up to their flat track games, and I just think he's a great captaincy option even over this buy period. Fair play. In what way would you lean, Riley, out of these three? Uh, big sh- shout-out to Tony first as well, Robbo, on the Capras. They've had a great start to the season, but I do agree with exactly what Shawnee said. But just touching on SJ as well, he is a season-long keeper. You could consider he does have a high floor. The round 16 buy, though, is what the issue is. Dillbags has the most value out of the lot, though. But we saw last week, uh, without uh, two weeks ago, sorry, without Moses, he did struggle. It is a three-way tie between them. I see it as, but I would go Moses due to the buy coverage. Yeah, that's fair. I'm going to go against the field here. So with Dylan Brown, I do own him, and I'm not trying to sort of price him out to be a pod, but my concern with Brown is he's averaged about 52-53 this year, and that's probably what we'll expect from him. And he might sort of increase that over the 
coming games, but he'll be there thereabouts at the end of the year, which I don't think is a season-long keeper. With Moses and SJ, they will be in that six, that sort of 58 to 64 range where they're a perfect second or third or even fourth half, depending on how greedy you want to be in the halves department. I would personally go SJ just on the basis he plays 14 and 15. I think there's a possibility to potentially get Moses in maybe a little bit later. His break-even's not incredibly low just yet, so if I was grabbing one this week, I'd go SJ just for that round 14 green dot. Which, from memory, the Warriors have got two home games in a row in New Zealand, so that could be ton-up territory for SJ if he dives over for a try. Righto, Aaron Pongi with the next question. This one's for you, Sean. He asks, Samuel Afanu a shout? On the edge now for the injured Burbo, and with Gerber at 4-6, to six, could be some money to be made. I don't think there's a heap of money to be made in Fanu, unfortunately. With Bullymore and Condon on the bench, I don't see Fanu playing the full 80. And then there's two games in the back row. He's got a 9 and a 26 coming from 40 and 53 minutes. There's not enough cash there to make him a viable buy, especially with how little trades we do have and the fact he has a buy next week. Perfect analysis there. Next question for you, Riley, from Joey Faye. And he wants to know, Joseph Manu to Sean Johnson for a solid half for round 13. Is that two sideways? I have Kartor and Crossland so far. I think he's answered his own question there, Robbo, by saying he does have Katoa and Crossland so far. Looking to move Manu onto SJ this week, you would have player wastage uh, with Katoa and Crossland, either one of them having to miss out. So even though you are taking a hit not having a gun half there, such as Dillbags, Moses or SJ, I would look to hold off uh, making that trade this week as it will be worth more to you come the back end of the season when things get tight. Yeah, for sure. And NRL Fantasy... Oh, sorry, NRL Fantasy. NRL Physio said earlier in the week that Joey Manu uh, is expected to be back around 14, so if you held him this far, you may as well keep holding him. Next question for you, Sean, from Kieran Patole. He asks, I've already done three trades, which were Miller, Cheese and Grant, to Ponga, Drinkwater and Hopgood. Should I trade Walshy as well, considering I have Manu? and Buller is my other fullbacks. I'll have 17 trades left after this week and 100k in the bank. I think I should only ask, answer this question if I get some of his trades because 17 would be lovely. Um, <laughs> with, with two wing fullbacks this week, I think you can probably hold Walsh just because how few good wing fullbacks options there are over the bye weeks. If you did want to trade him, if you're a bit iffy about how often he'll play, Oh, from round 13 to 20, you could look at CNK, who only has the buy in round 16, or as a smoky option like I got last week, Tane Milne, who is DPP, misses round 16 and 20, but gives you coverage, and you nearly have three wing fullbacks every bye week over Origin. Yeah, I don't mind the Milne shout. It's not just because he wears a red and green jersey. He certainly has a role for someone looking for a DPP player in that section of the field. Next question from Gerald Ward, and this one's for you, Riley. He wants to know an answer to this. He currently holds Grant, Haas, Cleary, and Walsh, who all play Origin. Thinking about selling one, or maybe two of them, wondering who you would sell. Also, would you rather hold Grant or Boyd? Going to look to punt Grant here, Robbo. Just due to the fact he does have Origin coming, coming up. Uh, when we look to consider who to sell... Out of these two, uh, Grant and Boyd, sorry, you would assume that he already does have Robson in his team, so you can cover all major buy rounds by holding Boyd right through. So I would look to do that. Um, 
go that go down that path. There is a potential for Grant's time to also be managed over the next couple of weeks uh, due to his significant involvement in Origin as well with Shawnee's man, Bronson Garlic, picking up a few extra minutes. So I would look to hold Boyd on that one and punt Grant. Yeah, good shout. And another thing that I noted in the article I did this week, the Storm have to travel to Townsville to play the Cowboys in round 14. I can't imagine Adelaide to Townsville is a fun commute. So, uh, yeah, good luck to Grant playing 80 minutes in that one. Our next question for you, Sean, from Huang Pham. And he asks, 11 players for round 13. Is that enough? He only has one winger fullback. I think it's enough. There's one thing to consider over the origin period is we shouldn't be chasing numbers for each buy round. Trades are very valuable, and there's no point just getting someone just because they cover round 13 for you. You want someone that will cover multiple rounds and provide you really good scoring options as well. And if I was to be short in a position, I'd be more than happy to be short and wing fullback this week. Yep, 100%. I would have been short if Kalen Ponga wasn't playing one this week. Uh, but thankfully, he is, and he's going to go big. Next question is for you, Riley. It comes from a friend of the show, Cliff Stone. He asks the following. Matu, Matu? Matto to Tohu, Val Holmes to one of Campbell Graham or Herbie Farnworth, and Lockie Miller to Kalen Ponga. Or should he save out for a winger fullback gun like Edwards? Starting off with Matto to Tohu, Robert, absolutely love it. Lock it in. Val Holmes, it's tricky because Campbell Graham's next man up for New South Wales and... Herbie Farmworth's English, so he's got no chance of playing Origin. Farnworth plays 13, misses 16 and 19. Campbell Graham uh, plays 13, misses 16 and plays 19. So based on your player availability, I would look to go Graham. Even though there is a risk, he does get called up to Origin. Lockie Miller to KP, I think you do have to do this week, as I touched on uh, when I said sell Lockie Miller. Just due to the fact that trade could be worth 70k, this week alone. So even though Edwards would be a great gun to bring in round 14, I do think you have to go KP this week. Yep, fair shout. And another thing to note with Campbell Graham is the reason he got uh, withdrawn from the squad is is that sternum issue has not enabled him to train complete with South Sydney every single week. He's basically just done one session, captain's run, played, which obviously Fredley said, no, it's not good enough for what we want here at New South Wales. And as a result, we're recently back. So I'd be bit cautious about Graham, but if you had to do that, uh, then yeah, he's an absolute fantasy beast. Hamish Kelly has our next question. This one's for you, Sean. Does he bring in Garrick this week for AKP or save the cash for a better edge like Isaiah Papali'i for next week? Obviously depends on what your team coverage is. I wouldn't be looking to get Garrick this week. He did score really well last week with the try. But with no Turbo, no DCE, and then Schuster and Johns running the show, I don't know how many sorry attacking chances Garrick will get on the wing. If you can hold a trade and then get someone like IPAP or John Bateman next week, that's a really good option instead. Yeah, for sure. Garrick has averaged 47.5 when he's played the full game on the wing this year, but that's been with DCE in the team and Turbo for most of those. So, yeah, it's probably going to drop off, unfortunately. Next question that we've got here is uh, from Stephen Alava. I'll go back to you for this one, Sean. He says, evening, lads. Carried Grant Boyd all year and planned to go, planned to hold through round 13 to 20. He's got the coin to pick up any of Robson, James, Kane, Cook. Which is the best go for points and security? I don't think we need to look at it solely on points and security, but coverage. And the best option is Reese Robson. 
So Robson will play 13 and 16, but miss 19, which isn't a concern because Tanner Boyd plays 19, but misses 13 and 16. So if you bring in Robson, you've got definitely someone to cover 13, 16, and 19, and then Grant to fill in the gaps when he's available to play. Beautiful. And last question of the night, Riley. It's from Gary Lacart. Apologies if I got that pronunciation wrong. He goes, hey, boys, question for Riley. Who would you choose out of Ponga or CNK? He has drink water and Garrick already. I'm going to go Ponga here, Robbo, just due to the fact I think he has the most value. He's playing for a Knights team and does play in round 13 as well. And I think that wing fullback half duel is going to be very handy. He could turn out to be a great... 18th, 18th, 19th man as well with that wing fullback duel to give your squad a little bit of cover as well. So I would look to uh, bring in Ponga this week. Beautiful. And that, folks, wraps up the questions and answers section of Wacky Wednesday for round 13. We'll get out of here very, very shortly. Before we do that, of course, we'll get some words of wisdom from the boys. And, Riles, what are your words of advice for coaches leading into round 13? I think just be patient, Robbo, and uh, not get trade happy. I think you do need to look to have at least uh, 10 players playing, but I wouldn't be looking um, to bring in a heap of cheaper options. It really does. The focus you really do need to have is on the number of guns you have in your squad. So work hard, but don't uh, look to overtrade this week. Sage advice. And uh, Sean, any words of wisdom for the coaches out there? Uh, Be like Central Coast and get as many Kiwis as you can um, over the next period. Uh, But anyway, buy Planning's overrated. Do it round 11 next year, and we can just make 10 trades in the last three weeks. Great advice there. Well, that, folks, wraps up a Wacky Wednesday for round 13. Coming up for the rest of the weekend, we've got live Q&A tomorrow. I believe that will be TK, Jake, and Brenton. Sunday with the Kiwis, I'll be making another guest appearance alongside Shoots and Rich at this stage. And then we will have uh, not quite a full load of programming next week. There'll be no Wacky Wednesday because, of course, it falls on Origin Night. But there will be a Tuesday show, of course, a live Q&A. That's all for Wacky Wednesday for Round 13. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.